0: Life is like a journey. Life is like a story. Where will your journey finish? How will your story end? The Bible takes us on an epic journey from brokenness and death to restoration and life. It describes the story of a king of an amazing kingdom who gives his life to save ours. We'll see how the story of the Bible can be our story, how its journey can be our journey. We're continuing on the journey and I hope that you make the commitment like we talked about last week that you'll be here every week with us and invite someone to come join you on this journey that's leading us into Easter. You know, this past week I was going through some old things and came across, that's right, my 8th grade yearbook. And it's pretty interesting to go through my eighth-grade yearbook because my twins are the exact same age as I was in this book, and it was quite interesting looking at this at this uh, some of my pictures with one of my boys this past week. But you know, as I, I was reading, as I was looking through the yearbook, my attention I could not help but being gravitated towards what my friends back then wrote in my yearbook, and more and more uh, specifically what my female friends wrote in my yearbook. This one girl wrote, Bill, you are really annoying. <laughs> but a good friend. Well, that's nice, isn't it? This other girl wrote, Bill, you are so weird. But that's okay, because that's what makes you Bill. I could go on and on throughout this, ba- throughout this book are more and more little tidbits of my past that really realizes, boy, I was annoying and weird when I was a younger kid. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that really never changed, huh, Shell? You know, but I think all through life, we're on a constant search. You know what that constant search is? Who am I? I think throughout our journey, from our middle school years and our younger years, all the way Through our adulthood and parenthood years, we're on this journey asking the same question, who am I? Because I really believe that all through life, and you never grow out of it, we never grow out of it, we're constantly in that struggle of who am I? Why am I here? What is my worth? Where do I belong? And I think that's the constant struggle that we all face. I mean, the biggest question that we all can ask ourselves is, what is your identity in? What is your identity in? I mean, that's ultimately ultimately the question that we struggle through in life. Who am I? You know, at this time we're journeying with Jesus on the final week of his ministry that led him to the cross. Last week we kind of highlighted the, the triumphal entry as he walked through and how he overlooked Jerusalem and cried. And then immediately after that, you know what his first stop was? It was the temple. It was the temple. In fact, during Jesus' day, the Jewish people found their identity in the temple. It was who they were and what they found their identity in because that was God's dwelling place in the world. If you really want to learn the history, you go back to the Old Testament. God first, when he wanted to be with his people, he formed the tabernacle. The tabernacle was basically God's mobile home. It just moved from one place to the next place, wherever the Jewish people were kind of vagabonding through life with. And then finally, when they found their spot in Jerusalem, they developed the permanent home, which was the temple. The temple was God's dwelling place. It was where they could come and experience a a relationship with God and form of sacrifices and everything else to make themselves right before God. And outside of the temple were the outer courts. And this is the place where people would come from far away to gather all the supplies they needed for the sacrifice so they could take it to the priest to make themselves right before God. And in this moment, there was a bit of an identity crisis for the Jewish people. Their identity crisis was this. There were some merchants who worked within those outer courts who were finding their identity and how much they could gain to make themselves have a better life, to have the life that they always wanted by cheating out the other people that came to just try to get their sacrifices. But the majority of the people found their identity in the temple itself. You know what the temple stood for? It stood for who they were as a nation. It was their national pride. It was their safe haven. It was their security blanket. It was their identity. And that's where they found it, it was in the temple. And this week that led Jesus to the cross, the first place he went to was the source where they found their identity the temple. The Bible says that after the triumphal entry in Matthew 21, verses 12 through 13, it says this, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables and the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And it's written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. You know, in this moment, Jesus went in there in a rage, in a bit of rage. He kicked everybody out of the outer courts, and once he kicked them out, he started throwing over all the tables that they were selling all the sacrifice supplies for. You know, here he went to the place where they identified themselves. He says, there is something new coming. There is a new horizon on the way. You see, he was uh, Helping them see, as we talked about last week, in just 30 years, all of Jerusalem, the temple included, will be destroyed. And that's happened in A.D. 70. And then from there, Jesus was even highlighting even more. There's a new covenant on the horizon. You're going to find your identity in something else. There's this new covenant. No longer is the temple going going to be your identity But now you are the temple. You see, Jesus living in us is our identity. In fact, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul kind of highlighted this even a little bit more. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul wrote these about us being the temple of God. He said, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price Therefore, honor God with your bodies. See, in this verse, Paul is highlighting that we as individuals are God's temple. And what we do with our bodies, what we do with ourselves matters. It matters. In a few chapters earlier, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul talked about collectively us being the temple. He wrote, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst If anyone destroys God's temple, God will will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple." You know, in this verse, Paul is saying, not just individually are you God's temple, but collectively you are God's temple. As a body, as a congregation, as a people, you are God's temple in this world. And so in other words, be very cautious with other loyalties that you may have that can cause disunity or fragmentation within the body. Because it matters. You individually and you collectively are the temple of God. And I truly believe that seeing ourselves as a temple, which is God's dwelling place, heightens our view of ourselves. The choices we make, the environments we surround ourselves with, and the people we involve ourselves with. You know, in other words, it's no longer about me. It's about Jesus in me. It's about me being his dwelling place. And I'm experiencing him in a whole new way. You see, our surroundings and our choices walk us towards how we view ourselves. It really does. And all throughout our lives, we're in this identity crisis. We're struggling with the question, who am I? And it boils down to how we see ourselves. You see, how we see ourselves attributes to our self-identity. It really does. So, in other words, this morning when you woke up and you went to the mirror and you were looking at yourself, what did you see? So often, I think we view ourselves disappointed. We view ourselves not happy with who we are. We're upset with the choices we made yesterday or last week. We, we hear the voices of what other people say about our image or, or who we are or what we're doing. And we think that defines who we are. And then all we spend doing is looking at the mirror, broken and confused. Who am I? And because we struggle with that, we struggle with where do I belong? And do I have any worth in this world? When maybe, maybe our identity is in something else rather than how we view ourselves. You know, in an article called Identity Ascribed, Reggie Campbell wrote, one of our most significant life questions is, who am I? In fact, did you know in 2015, dictionary.com's word of the year was identity. It was identity. I think we're all searching for our identity. In fact, every year, millions of people order DNA profiles of themselves to learn about their true identities. All throughout our journey, we're constantly trying to figure out that question, who am I? Where do I belong? What am I worth? We're trying to figure out our identity. And the struggle of not knowing who we are and struggling trying to find our self-worth causes us sometimes to reach out to other sources that we think are credible to try to tell me who am i who am i and you know this really started from the moment we were born when we were younger our parents built our identity with comments like you're going to be a great big brother look how smart you are look how fast you are and we build our identity based upon those comments that our parents make. And sometimes those comments are negative too. Sometimes we heard from our parents when we were younger, you can't do anything right, making us feel like we're incompetent. Maybe they've said, you don't measure up. You're just not doing anything right. And we feel that we're a failure. Or maybe they said, I think there's something wrong with you. And then we think we're abnormal. Or we've heard, you know, good boys or good girls don't do that. And then we just think, well, then I guess I'm bad. And then as we get older, our identity is built from others our teachers, our classmates, our coaches, and our friends. And we hear comments through our teenage years like, you're an awesome athlete, or you've been picked as the most talented, or you're top in your class, or you're a geek or you're a homeschool kid, or you play sports, or you're a mama's boy, or you're so rich, you're so smart, and then we go into college and we hear things like how cool we are, or whether we're in a fraternity or not, or not, and we continue on with whether we're a geek or we're popular, and then later in life it doesn't stop. We think we, when we get older we figure out who we are, but it never does. We're still trying to find our identity. You know, we hear things like, boy, you're a C you're a CEO, or you're a great dad or mom, or check out the house that you have, or the person that 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 person has no kids, or they've been married seven times before, or she's been laid off three times in three years. What, what is up with that person? Or that person's been in rehab, or you're old and you're retired, and we just hear these comments and these comments and these comments, and we think these comments uh, to identify who we are. And we think these comments give us what our self worth is, and we think it's what we belong in. And it's not. It's not. I'm here to tell you do not allow the comments of the world to dictate who you are. You're somebody. You are worth something. You are valuable. And so often, because of all these comments, both good and bad, that we've heard from the moment we were born until now, we look at ourselves in the mirror, and sometimes we just feel like, I don't add up. I'm not that person. I don't look right. I don't act like. I don't have the right job. I I don't have the right house. Whatever it is, we just feel like we don't add up, and because we feel we don't add up, that we don't have self-worth. Don't allow outside influences to dictate how you view yourself. Because so often we allow that to happen, and then that ascribes our identity. And we begin to believe that's who we are. Because how we see ourselves is affected by our environment and what has our attention. And so often we seek out our identity by other things. And because we feel we don't add up, because maybe we don't feel we belong, we try to f- uh, fall prey to maybe what the world tells us, what our identity be- should be in. And we try to find our identity in all these other things. And this is because we think this will make us feel like we're worth something. We think this will make us feel like we belong. But the question boils down to, where do you think you belong? Where do you think you belong? You know, I'm here with you. Sometimes I struggle with where do I belong? What is my worth? But I want you to understand this. Our identity is found as adopted children of God. That's where our identity is in. It's not how you view yourself. It's not the comments that those who surround you may throw at you. Your identity is is an adopted child of God. You know, life is really like a multiple quiz. It's up to you to decide who you really are. We can go with the identities that's given to us in our childhood or school or sports or college or our workplace. Or maybe even after that big wreck or that bad choice we made. We allow those things to define who we are. But it really doesn't have to be. It really doesn't have to be your identity You can allow those to be your identity or you can believe and live into the identity by your heavenly father who desires to live within you. Who desires for you to be the temple because in him you have worth so much so that he died for you. You are valuable. You know why? Because the creator of everything that is died for you. So stop feeding yourself lies that you don't add up. Stop feeding yourselves lies like you don't belong. Stop feeding yourself lies like you aren't worth anything because you are a somebody that the king of kings died for. He loves you so much. He wants to be your identity so that you may experience the fullness of life that only he provides. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Galatians chapter 4 verses four through five, he wrote, but when the set time has, had come fully, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Did you catch that last part? God did all this Went to all these great lengths to send his son into this world to ultimately die a gruesome death on that cross so that you may ha- be adopted, so that you may have a place where you belong, where you belong. You know, through Jesus, we can receive adoption to be a part of his family. I'm going to show my age. Back in the 80s, I remember a movie called Annie. I know it was remade a few years ago, but I have to be honest, I did ne- never saw the remake, so I-, I have to apologize about that. I have to go by the old school version of Annie. But Annie was a movie about this young orphan girl who was in a horrible uh, situation that was unwanted, that nobody cared about her. And she was trying to find a place where she could just be loved, where she could just be cared for, where she could just belong. And then finally, she was adopted into a wealthy family of Daddy Warbucks. And there she found her home. There she found her place. And I feel so often, because how we feel we, perce- we are perceived, perceived by others, because of the influences of, un- of uncertainty that surround us, We live like unwanted children in an orphanage. We live like we don't have a place to belong. We live like we're not worth anything. And we live with a broken identity. And can I just speak to some of you right now? Because I bet it's safe to assume that there's several of you right now in this room and watching online that this is what defines you. You've been walking for too long broken. Yeah, you may make it look like you got it all together outwardly, but inwardly it's like you're wasting away. You're wasting away because you've never been able to figure out that, the answer to that question. Who are you? Where do you belong? What is your worth? And you feel because of the influences that surround you, you feel because of the way you view yourself that you're not worth it, that you're not good enough, that you don't add up. But I'm here to tell you right now That through Jesus, you belong. That through Jesus, you are loved. Don't ever feel like you are a nobody. You are a somebody that the King of Kings has died for. You are cared for. You are valued. You are valued. Simply because you are you. He loves you so much. Stop beating yourself down with what you see In the mirror and start seeing yourself the way that God sees you. Stop living like you're a nobody because Jesus has made you a somebody. You have the opportunity to be adopted by the King of Kings, the creator of everything that is. You see, our identity is in how God sees us and is strengthened by how we see God. That's where our identity is found. The more you try to look at yourself through the way you feel you see yourself by the influences that have been brought into your mind, the more you beat yourself down. But the more when you look at the mirror, you see yourself the way God sees you, you will see your worth. You will see your true identity. You will see that you have a place to belong. And you see, our identity is strengthened when we start looking at ourselves less and worrying about our, the way we look less. And the more we focus on Jesus. Because it's in him that you find value. It's in him that you find your place, where you belong, where you find your identity. Our identity is found through how he sees us. And the more we grow that relationship, the more we understand how he sees us. And what he desires f- from us and through us. The Apostle Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. This is a beautiful verse, a verse that I think you might need to highlight and read a few times throughout this week to remind yourself who you are and the value that you have. You see, Paul wrote, If anyone is in Christ, in other words, what he is saying here, if anybody is in fellowship with Jesus, you see, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. You can either say, boy, Jesus, that was great. Thanks for all you did. But uh, I'm going to go on with my own life. I'm happy with the way things are. That's your choice. That's your choice. Or you can choose to accept his adoption, to be in his family. And that's what Paul is saying here is if anyone is in Christ, if anyone has chosen to, to come alongside and experience the fellowship of Jesus, finding your identity in him, You know, giving your life to Jesus. You know how you do that? In the the Bible, it talks about uh, giving our life over to Jesus and being baptized. You know, baptism is that beautiful place where we identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Where we die in our old selves. Where we're lowered in the water. And we come out as a new person. And we come out new in Christ. And through that, baptism is really what symbolizes our identity in him. Through his death his burial, and his resurrection. In other words, you are no longer you. You've been bought with a price. And you have freedom through him. If you are in that fellowship, then Paul says this, the old is gone. That Bill who was annoying, that Bill who was weird, okay, maybe that Bill's still around. But you know, the old person The person who had no worth, that had no value, that was lost, that was confused, that was beaten down and allowed other things to define who I am. That bill is gone. And that person who you are can be gone in fellowship with Jesus. You no longer are identified. Or in other words, you are no longer defined by your past choices, by the mistakes you made, by whatever it is. You are no longer defined by that. The old is gone. And then Paul says, The new is here. Everything you've been searching for in life, trying to figure out who you are, trying to figure out your identity, trying to figure out where you belong, here it is. You see, when you are in fellowship with Jesus, when you identify yourself with with him in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, you are now a new person. You are no longer defined by your past. You are now defined by the reality of who He is, Christ in me. I am the temple. I am adopted, and you can be too. So I think here today, many of us have a choice to make. In fact, there's always a next step that we should take in our journey. And I'm going to challenge you with what is your next step? Have you been allowing outside influences to determine who you are? Have you been beating yourself down every time you look in the mirror? Have you been wrestling with trying to find your worth, your value, where you belong? I'm here to tell you Jesus is the answer. Stop trying to find your identity in the voices of those around you and find your identity in the one who died for you. He is your source of life, He's where you belong. And maybe some of you need to take that step today. You know, we had two people who took the step and were baptized early in the first service. And maybe you're here and saying, Bill, I need to take that step. I need to experience Jesus. I want to identify with him in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I want to come into full fellowship. I don't, no longer want to be defined by my past. I want to be defined by him and his love and his goodness. I want to see my value through him. If that's you, we'd love to help you take that step. In fact, after the service, one of our elders will be at the Engage Impact. We would love to pray with you and help you identify those next steps in your journey to experience the true fellowship in Jesus, to experience the goodness that he has, to experience and answer the questions you've been searching for, who you are and where you belong. Because in him, you are somebody. Let's pray together. Father, we just come to you right now. And we thank you because you are good, Father God. In this moment, I just pray that um, that you help us to see our worth through you, Lord. I know for myself, there's probably many people in this room and many people online right now who are struggling because we don't know where we belong. We struggle with our worth. And Father God, we're so beaten down by the voices that surround us. And sometimes they are even positive voices, but internally we just feel like we don't add up. And Lord, we just break ourselves down and we just keep searching with that question, who are we? Where do we belong? Am I worth anything? But Lord God, in this moment, may those people searching right now see that their worth is in you. That you died for them. And they are valuable because they are loved by you. And Lord, I pray for those right now that are struggling with, should I take that step? Should I take that step to be baptized? Should I take that step to, to come into full fellowship with Jesus? I pray that they see the value in that step. And Lord, that they will take that step and not walk out of this place or turn off online without talking to somebody and investigating what that means for them. Lord, we love you and we praise you because you are good. It's in your name we pray. Amen.